High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, those of you possessed by demons, principals with hooks for hands, best friends forever, oh, and an extra special shout out to you indie rock bands out there looking to make it big by making a deal with the devil. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And the party's at my place this evening. But first, your sophomore year of school is still in session. And we got some homework we need to chat about. This was your assignment. And I would like to see the results. One week before Halloween, guys. I hope you got your costumes. Don't be one of those like last-minute costume shoppers the day before Halloween. They're in the costume shop, and all that's left are, are bagged costumes, like a skeleton warrior or, or some goofy it-rip-off clown. No. Prep ahead. I got my costume ready. And guess what? It's high school slumber party themed. Well, at least high school movie themed. I'll make sure to post a picture on social media. Speaking of social media, remember, you can follow us on Twitter. High School Slumber Party. You can follow us on Instagram, High School Slumber Party. You could like us on Facebook, High School Slumber Party. Class participation is a huge part of your grade. I want to hear from you guys. And guess what? You can also email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. That's highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. So did you guys do your homework for last week? Did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer all the seasons? No, 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 I'm kidding. (laughs) Of course, we talked about the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer last week, and my guest was one of my favorite guests. The great, the awesome, the, I don't know, throw whatever superlative, a positive one, please, that you want, Caragirl O'Regan, and it was so fun chatting with her. Trust me, it was a fun, hilarious conversation. Definitely want to check that out. And if you did already, you know that she teased what today's movie would be. One of her favorites, Jennifer's Body. I hope you watched it. So my guest today is a first-time guest on this podcast, but someone who, if you're familiar with the Cage Club Podcast Network, you're familiar with her work, Aislinn Addington. So happy she came on. I'm just going to warn you, she has a different take on this movie than a lot of other people have. But it's a really great take. We have a really fun conversation. It's well-informed. And I I think you'll like it. You might disagree. But hey, if you disagree, we want to hear from you anyway. This This world's not about everyone having the same opinion. And like I said, it's a great conversation. And I can't wait till you hear it. But before that, 
If you've been listening the last couple of weeks, I know, I know, you got the spoon in one hand, you got the bowl on the table, you got your hand deciding what milk you want, whether that's that 2%, that 1%, that 3% if it exists, that whole milk, almond milk, hemp milk, coconut milk. You want to know what cereal to pour. You want to know what Halloween cereal to pour. And guess what? The foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, is back here to try another Halloween cereal to help you determine, well, what are you going to eat Halloween morning? Let's roll the tape. All right, we're back with the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried of the Foodie Films Podcast. Oh, my tummy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> last cereal, last cereal, I promise. The things I do for you and for art, you know? Yes, for art. For M- mainly for art. Yeah, that guy next to you, art. <laughs> hey. hey! Anyway, uh... <laughs> So, of course, we've been ranking and rating and just talking about these Halloween cereals. I went to Target, and I picked up the monster cereals first. So we had Boo Berry, Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Then it was what the... What do you do with all these cereals? I don't know, because they only had family size. So I'm really <laughs> not sure. <laughs> um, then we uh, last segment rated the... What was it called? Reese's Pieces Bats or something? Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs Bats. Peanut Butter Bats, yeah. Now, Kyle, can you tell um, the slumbers what our last cereal is? Yet again, this is a family size limited edition Captain Crunch's Halloween Crunch. And remember, it's G- ghosts turn milk green. Ooh, let's see if that's actually true. I only have, like, one ghost. Oh. In, or wait, what are the ghosts? I don't know. Are they the orange things? I don't know what the ghosts are supposed to be. I also see, like, a purpley thing in here. I guess. Oh, I guess the ghosts are supposed to be... They don't turn it as green as the box, that's for sure. <laughs> I can see it turn. Look. He's got a Captain Crunch as a, as a bite out of his uh, captain's hat. Oh, yeah. He must be haunted. Look, if you dip the ghost in the milk, it starts to turn, the ghost starts to turn green. The milk a little bit more, the ghost. Oh, okay. Interesting. So were you a fan of Captain Crunch as a kid? Or is it Captain Crunch? Cap- yeah, Captain Crunch. Um, really didn't have him that often. I never got the whole, they're so rough, they cut the roof of your mouth. People say that? Yeah. Hmm. That was always, that's like a, I'm going to say urban legend. Wait, I just kind of experienced it a little bit, so I take it back. <laughs> I just swallowed it, and it kind of like, it like, went up against like, I have very big tonsils. Mm. So, I felt that. So, chew well. Maybe let it soak, Captain Crunch soak in milk a little bit longer. Um, this is definitely, so we had... Two, well, peanut butter was the last one, but it had the chocolate component to it. But we had the two very, you know, that style with Count Chocula and the Reese's Puffs. Now we're going back to a fruity flavor. So what is the, I mean, what is, so it's a sweetened corn and oat cereal. But, that, you know, so it's not fruity per se, but the, but the, you know, it's not trying to do a fruity flavor. But it definitely, just by being sweetened, has a closer to the fruity taste than obviously mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a chocolate taste. Um, and on this one, they have games on the back of it. <laughs> the other ones, you had stencils that you had to download from. They didn't even give it to you in there. Wow! You had to download from like you know online on the internet. 
Oh, and so on the back, and then they had so. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do. I'm happy. I'm very happy for Captain Crunch, and I mean, are they all? Are they all General Mills? Is Captain Crunch General Mills? I don't know. It doesn't say. Isn't that weird? That is really I think weird. They would brag about that. I mean, General Mills is the is the um. Oh, boss. Captain Crunch is owned by Quaker. Oh, I mean, you know, he does kind of look like a Quaker. I don't know if you remember this. He's the crazy cousin of the Quaker. <laughs> that was also a cereal. I like the Quaker oats. Quaker oats, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you remember this. A joke in Friends, like they're eating Captain Crunch, and one of them, yeah, Joey says, "Oh, and Captain Crunch was the thing that Richard Blades used." Now I remember, <laughs> he was crushed up cra- Captain Crunch on the chicken. Yeah, dish. oh, that makes sense. Because as I, I said on the last, I think episode. I've had. There's a place. Yeah. I, I have to get you the name. There's a place that just does chicken nuggets in the city, mm-hmm. and one of their like nugget batters is Captain Crunch. Oh, okay, but yeah, as I said on the last, episode, I couldn't remember. Yeah, it definitely pairs well with it. Um, oh, so in Friends, I think Joey goes to Chandler and he's like, hey, you ever realize Captain Crunch's eyebrows are in his hat? And then Chandler goes, the man's been captain of a cereal for 40 years, and that's what you're worried about. But he's not a captain, he's a cap'n. He's a cap'n, duh. <laughs> so, you my, a, yeah, my milk has turned green of sorts. Do you have a uh, good enough taste of Cap'n Crunch? Do you... I'm going to do just the milk, the green milk. Gotcha. The ecto milk. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's nice, yeah, didn't, since I guess it doesn't necessarily have a flavor that it's attempting, even it's just a sweeter milk that I'm, that I'm eating for it, so, um, yeah. Alright. It's okay. good, it's good. Well guys, you can tune in next week, as Kyle will tell you which of the Halloween cereals was his favorite, and what we'll be eating on, well... You know, November 1st, the day after Halloween, I suppose. This is more suspenseful than Red Dragon, the film we watched for P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. Nice plug, Kyle. Nice plug. Yes, our other show, P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, the Phil Simmer Hoffman podcast. All in the family today, that's for sure. And thank you, Kyle, for enduring five cereals tonight. This was honestly one of the tougher things I've ever had to do for you. <laughs> this is, I know you're the one that's lactose intolerant. I think I'm, like, getting there. Well, I was I had almond milk, so you bastard. <laughs> I wanted you to get you the real give me an option. Wait, so what kind of I asked you like on the first one? What it was like two percent or something. Okay, good. <laughs> Not whole milk. <laughs> That's why he's the foodie films man, guys. He's resilient. He's a trooper. He can eat cereal like nobody else. So next week you definitely want to check out which cereal he decides is his favorite Halloween cereal that he sampled this year. Again, you don't want to miss it. And you don't want to miss Kyle's show, Foodie Films, or his show that he has with me, P.S. I Love Hoffman, but I know we already bored you with that. Back to the reason you came today, to hear me and my guest, Isla Addington, talk about Jennifer's body. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Don't forget that. We'll get to Jennifer's body in a second. First, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us today, whether that be Apple Podcasts, whether that be Google Play, whether that be Spotify, whether that be Stitcher. And, of course, you could always listen to us, too, on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. And also, remember, give us a little rating. Not a little one. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a review. Everything helps the algorithm, but what helps 
the mythical algorithm the most, the algorithm in Brian's head, is by telling a friend. Tell a friend about all the awesomeness that High School Slumber Party brings you every week. This podcast costs exactly zero dollars and zero cents, and I give it to you for free, and I love it, and I love doing it, and all I'm asking for you is to tell a friend about High School Slumber Party. Now, I won't keep you much longer. Let's get into it. Just a reminder, next week the episode comes out on November 1st, But that's going to be our real Halloween special. I know we've been doing this Women in Horror thing, and it's been Halloween month, but I want to throw a Halloween party, ooh, perhaps a Dia de los Muertos party on November 1st. i got to think about that one. Anyway, Jennifer's body. Let's get into it. And if you've seen the movie, you definitely know what song that I am going to be playing right now. Low Shoulders through the trees. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Class dismissed. excited to talk about this film, that's for sure. Um, at High School Slumber Party, we introduce ourselves by saying our name, uh-huh. our high school, okay. our high school team name. Oh, absolutely. And go ahead. Okay. My name is Aislin. My high school was Hellgate High School, and we were the Hellgate Knights. Ooh, that's very cool. <laughs> it was a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> and just for people maybe who aren't familiar yeah. with your work on The Contenders sure. and everything you do... Um, I guess, you know, introduce yourself to the High School Slumber Party audience and your capacity today. Happy to. So um, I uh, do an, another podcast or a different podcast on the Cage Club Podcast Network called The Contenders. Um, that's where my brother Tobin and I talk about fearless women in front of and behind the camera. We talk about women in film. We've done that, gosh, for probably a year and a half. Uh, my brother is a filmmaker. I'm a 
crazy feminist. And so together we talk about women in movies. Which, you know, it's an awesome show. I love listening to it. We had Tobin on, of course, before for the last picture show, one of the greatest films in the high school slumber party pantheon. Uh, But I'm really excited for this one today. And I think you're probably the perfect guest for a lot of things as we are currently knee deep in our women in horror series. But before before we uh you know get into all your great scholarly <laughs> analysis, oh no, let's let's take it back. Let's okay. take it back to before you were you know doing your podcast thing. Sure. Let's take it back to high school. I love to. Love what were to. you like in high school? What was your high school experience like? I like to say I was the queen of the band nerds in high school. <laughs> um, I was big into big into band and at. My high school at that time, and Tobin, if he were here, could corroborate this. Band was somewhat cool, right? It, it <laughs> it's not. It's never going to be football, but um, we had a really strong program. Um, we were award winning in a lot of ways. We traveled to do big parades and things, and so um, for our town and our area and our region, we were a, a, a strong program. So I was taking classical saxophone, jazz saxophone, and piano lessons every week. I was playing in the prestigious wind ensemble, the jazz band, the pet band, and a small combo. And wow. um, and if, a, <laughs> as a good friend of mine said, if a boy was crying in the band room, you got to look around and see where his eyes went. <laughs> wow. That paints a nice little picture there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I have to tell you, we've had a lot more band people as guests than I football players. I bet. So, so you're in good company. <laughs> I also, I'm so excited to be here. Not only do I enjoy the show, but I also love high school movies. So much so that, like, my partner makes fun of me. Like, and well, I say, let's watch a movie. And he'll ask, a high school movie? Um, <laughs> well, so. then... Again, you're in very good company. It's pretty much all I've been watching for the last two years and such. I love I mean, it. Before that, of course, as well. But I was say you have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. Good. Now, this is, of course, a high school movie, but it is also, again, a horror film, it, it a is. scary movie. It is. <laughs> Do you enjoy horror films? Do you have a history with horror films? I hate them. <laughs> I mean, you're also in good company too, because before I really started podcasting, mm-hmm. I was not very into horror films. Okay. I ha- hardly had seen any of them. I mean, I got, I got, I still get made fun of a lot when I guest on people's podcasts about horror films. So, okay. I, I think we're both in a similar boat, maybe. Sure. So, why do you hate them? I guess. Um, I uh, I have a very vivid imagination. I remember almost everything, just in general, that happens in my life, uh, <laughs> and I'm prone to nightmares. So all of that combined, if something is in my brain, it's very difficult to get out, um, which I did experience last night. I got up. I had a nightmare. I had to get up and, um, in the middle of the night and move around a little bit uh, to get back to reality. But um, so, yeah, I think those are that I don't like being scared in that way. I like suspense um, or kind of intrigue or I don't know, but not gore is just not something I'm interested in. Um, and then, and I'm not an expert, um, but my sort of anecdotal feeling about many in that genre, specifically, maybe or not specifically, but um, certainly in previous eras, um, traded on violence against women and like casual violence against women um, in a way that's also really uncomfortable on top of everything else. 
So it's just I mean, never something that I'm going to say, oh, yeah, that's for me. Now, we watched Revenge for the contenders, and I could appreciate a solid revenge epic. Um, we also watched The Babadook because I also don't like Christmas movies. So I watched a scary movie for Christmas for the contenders. <laughs> but with that, that gets into um, unnecessary killing of animals, which is also not something I want to watch in my spare time. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of the, it checks all my no thanks boxes. No, and honestly, I can't blame you for a lot of that. That's why when, um, you know, discussing what was we were going to do for this Halloween season, because unfortunately, well, at least I thought unfortunately at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> there are a lot of high school horror films. I mean, sure. a lot of them. I could have just sure. done a podcast just on them. I wouldn't want to, but I could have just done that. As opposed to, you know, you mentioned Christmas films, which is funny. Every year I struggle to find high school Christmas films. They just oh, do not exist. I, I can count them on one hand. Whereas, like, high school horror films is just everything. So I said, you know, let me theme it up this year and, you know, discussing with with some of the network elders, if you will, we we came up (laughs) with this this, uh, women in horror thing. And it's funny because you're so right. There's so much violence against women in in this genre, but it also seems to be a genre that a lot of uh, women directors broke out in and a lot of like women-centric stories so it's very conflicting in that way and i think the film we're going to talk about jennifer's body today is kind of like a we finally get a lot of good stuff you know um i mean why did you i guess want to guest on this film jennifer's body um because i'm a big uh karen kasama fan Mm. and uh, you know girl fight is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I know her from other projects. I'm aware of Diablo Cody, you know, because I live in the world. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've read one of her books and seen a couple of, you know, several movies. And so I'm just aware of her as well. So for me, the um, juxtaposition of those two, I thought, okay, this is worth branching out beyond my comfort zone for. Those were probably the only two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you knew about the director because I really had not been too familiar with mm. her work. Um, I know this is where we need Tobin because he's an official expert, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's okay. We'll make the most of his absence. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I was familiar with Diablo Cody from Juno. I had mm-hmm. not seen Jennifer's body when it came out. I intended to, because at the time I was a big fan of Juno and I was really curious what Diablo Cody was going to come out with next. Mm-hmm. But once I saw, like, the trailers and, like, the way this film was kind of marketed, which we'll definitely get sure. into, yeah. I just was like, oh, I, you know, I, hmm, I don't mm-hmm. think this is a movie I want to see anymore. Right. <laughs> and I think that, uh, you know, happened to a lot of people because this was panned when it came out. It didn't, you know, do sure. too well in the theaters. But now, lately, it's been getting re-examined a lot, and it's starting to, like, gain a lot of positive buzz. I think it was a, you know, recently, what, what year was it? 2009. So, yeah, so this is the 10th anniversary. Ten so years, we've been seeing yeah. a lot of, like, panels with the director and some of the actors, and, uh, you know, some now po- really positive stuff is coming out from Jennifer's body. So, you know, I can't wait to... Yeah, no pun intended. I can't wait to dissect it. But um, oh, <laughs> every week I read the back of the DVD cover, the back of the VHS cover. And okay. when I was writing this back of the DVD cover down, I'm like, oh, my God, 
right here we're going to see <laughs> the problem with the marketing of sure. this film. <clears throat> so here goes. And again, not my words, guys, back of the DVD cover. Sexy temptress Megan Fox is hotter than hell as Jennifer, a gorgeous, seductive cheerleader who takes evil at a whole new level after she's possessed by a sinister demon. Steamy action and gore galore ensue as the male student body succumbs to Jennifer's insatiable appetite for human flesh. Now it's up to her best friend to stop Jennifer's reign of terror before it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some words strung together. I was like, what? <laughs> and, and there's a lot, I would say, you know, when, when you said, oh, there's a lot good here, I, I did make a face over here in my little office. I think there are components of this that are really interesting. I don't think they're executed in a way that kind of does any service to the ideas or the or the actors in a lot of ways. And then certainly the the marketing and the um, way it's pitched and the way the trailers cut together just take us down like the worst common denominator path of all of it. Right? Why? Why? Why is I don't know. I mean, just even the way that okay, she's possessed by. Uh, by a demon, but let's focus on that. Like that was a, you know, a ritual sacrifice gone wrong. There's nothing about the men who did this to her in anything anywhere. And, and I don't, we don't, we're not talking about the actual movie yet, but I have complaints about all that as well. Um, in terms of what their story, no, 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 well, not satisfied. Well, I, I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. Um, again, this, this isn't my genre. Sure. <laughs> We, I feel like we've moved in a better direction here. But of course, again, this movie is not perfect. Um, just some yeah. production notes. This was named after a whole, the band Whole song, Jennifer's Body. Mm. And in the words of Diablo Cody, after Juno, she wanted to do something a little bit different. And so th- these are her words. Director Karen Kusama and I are both outspoken feminists. We wanted to subvert the classic horror model of women being terrorized. I want to write roles that service women. I want to tell stories from a female perspective. I want to create good parts for actresses where they're not just accessories to men. I look forward to her doing that. But <laughs> but if I wrote the back cover of this, it would be, this is a cautionary tale about an abusive friendship full of gaslighting and blackmail and you know it's just before she's possessed by a demon she's a terrible friend yeah (laughs) right um yeah and i don't and and her um expressions of sexuality completely aside like anytime the two of them were having any sort of conversation it was textbook red flag abusive relationship the entire time so that to me is what this movie is about (laughs) and I, okay, and I, I mean, I got out of it and I was like, okay, certainly there are tropes that it turns on its head a little bit, but they also gruesomely, penetratively kill Megan Fox three times in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely so what of that is subversive and what is that is different? And when, you know what I mean? Like, I just, no, I don't. Sorry, Diablo. I don't think, I don't think you hit all that on this one. So also, I love the, sorry, one last thing I'll let you talk. The dialogue is something I love in Juno and that, you know, it's, it's very particular and stylized. The banter in this does not age well at all. <laughs> that was actually going to be one of my questions. <laughs> the one thing that this was really praised uh, by the critics for at the time 
was the dialogue. But I thought the same thing as you. Like, it's weird, because if you compare this just as a film, Mm -hmm. it's not that great. But if you compare it in the horror genre, I've noticed by going back a lot, a lot of them do tend to have really dated dialogue. But the thing is, I didn't live through the... Well, I guess I lived uh, briefly through the 80s, but I wasn't that conscious. But I didn't live through the 70s. Like, that dialogue is just, like, funny in a relic kind of way to me. I lived through... Uh, 2007, obviously. Right. So, like, I was like, whoa, this is a lot of references in one sentence. (laughs) But, yeah, but also just, I think, um, charmless, because there's offensive, you know, things in it, which I understand at the time maybe weren't offensive, but they... I don't think that's a, it's not enough for me to just say, oh, well, at that time it wasn't, whatever. There there are other things that haven't aged well, but have a charm to them. So, you know, I would put Juno in that category. Um, I was thinking about other high school things because of, of coming here. And so like Clueless, for example, no one really talks like that. And then they did for a minute in the 90s. Um, I did have a small Clueless glossary um, for a while, but, but there, like there's charm to that or, you know what I mean? It's, I don't, this just seemed... Like, what is the weird way where I can say this thing, and so the audience has to catch up and figure out what I'm talking about, but is also just constantly, um, someone is always the target of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, anytime, again, anytime Jennifer opened her mouth, there was a target. Now, full disclosure, Yeah. since I've started this podcast, I have not seen Juno. Because I am very afraid of the dialogue, so I, you know, it, sure. in in a similar way. Because I really liked it at the time, and I'm afraid right. to not like it. So we'll tackle it one day on this podcast. But sure, it, well, and I mean, you're, to be, you know, fair, I haven't seen it that recently either. But I've seen it probably 15 times total. <laughs> um, so you would think at one point it would turn on me if it was going to be real rough. But. Yeah, I mean, this is something that. Uh, no, 100% those stuck out this time and really kind of distracted me, uh, again, especially um, Jennifer's dialogue. Um, of course, Jennifer's played by Megan Fox. She is. Now, again, she's come out a lot lately, speaking as if she, you know, a lot of people, too, were saying that the mar- the misunderstood marketing was around her, you know. Right. Um, Diablo Cody always, she said, wanted Megan Fox, so she was super happy when it worked out. Now, uh, the probably the most like disgusting or weird fact from <laughs> the marketing that I got mm-hmm. was that, uh, of course, the studio hired an all-male marketing team, and sure. one of their suggestions was for Megan Fox to do live chats on amateur porn sites uh, oh, to my. promote the film, and I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, luckily, the director nixed that. But um, that's just a small window into what the studio saw in this film. Absolutely. And that, and that, I, yeah, when you say that, I think, okay, yes, what did the humans or, or potentially the men who were looking at this film, what did they take from it? And it's that. So even if you're, you know, I, I um, work at university and we talk a lot about your um, intention, Mm. but you're also responsible for your impact, right? So a lot of people say, well, I didn't mean to say that, or that wasn't what I, you know, I I didn't intend to insult you. But you are responsible for both. So even if your intention was to make a female-centered film that subverts the blah, 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 the impact is still your responsibility. And so the impact is still objectifying young women, making them make out for no reason, 
and then stabbing them repeatedly <laughs> <laughs> is what I get from it. But of course, this is different than, in some ways, than the majority of of um, horror movies. Um, but you know, I am also not a horror movie expert, so I can't. I'm not going to be good at at speaking to how it's better and giving it that credit that I, I do believe it deserves some credit in that kind of sphere. But um, just as a film. <laughs> so again, safe to say you're not on the new Jennifer's Body bandwagon. I'm not, but I did write down one line of dialogue that I enjoyed very much. And that was when um, Jennifer and Needy are talking in the hallway, the school and talking about one boy in particular. And Jennifer says, my dick is bigger than his. <laughs> and I really liked that. <laughs> and I will start to use that. But. Yeah, I wrote that one down too. No, and honestly, there were some lines that I thought were pretty cool and I laughed at, but a lot of times they were, as you were saying, you know, I don't know, sandwiched. <laughs> this. Yeah. Some of it I did find comical, especially again. Now, as I said, I was only watching high school films for the last two years and just right. for like the last month i've kind of just been watching horror films so wow uh for better or worse mostly for yeah. worse <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean the only way to and i've said this before the only way to really like and appreciate horror films is if you set aside everything you like admire about film mm -hmm. and just keep it in its own box i guess Sure. And I've, I've had to do that. I've tried to do that. And, you know, somewhat successfully, I've been on this journey. And I'm not going to call myself a huge fan. I'm not going to say mm -hmm. that it's like my favorite genre because it's really not. But, you know, I'm giving it and trying to give it its just due. And, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think as a horror film that this is not nearly as bad as the things right. I've seen. And sure. it was better than I thought it was because okay. for 10 years almost... I thought it was the movie that the trailer was depicting. Sure. But yeah, no, yeah. like by no means like did I watch this and say, maybe again, maybe for the genre, because I don't know, but like, wow, this is groundbreaking or anything like that. Yeah, no, agreed. I, I kept thinking about It Follows, mm. because that that is one that I have seen. Also yeah. about young people, also focused on or revolves around um, sex and sexuality. And, and that to me is a great movie really interesting and it led to a lot of conversation and you know so i i i have that as and and that is more recent but i have that as a kind of point in in the genre i think the most interesting and the most subversive and all that is the stuff that happens during the closing credits oh that's my god a, yeah that's a movie i would watch i love those closing credits and i know we're really skipping ahead here it's true obviously. but you know and just <laughs> Again, we have seen the, the you know, sacrificial ceremony. We've seen impaled by the hero boyfriend, in quotes. We've seen then st stabbed by the best friend. What I hadn't seen yet is, is yeah, that, that part. I, I, a movie where in the first part you think um, Amanda Seyfried is, is crazy or something else and, and that you think her flashbacks are hallucinations and then it turns out she's on, she's on this vengeance quest. I'll watch that movie. That's great. It's really funny because I wrote down, like, I wonder if this movie, if it had done well, would this be, like, the sequel? Or is Jennifer's Body just the prequel to, like, Needy's story? Right. Because I, I know, I was just about to, like, maybe shut it off. I'm like, wait, you know, this is getting interesting. Well, yeah, because I had written down, 
in my notes, I was like, and nothing happens to the band? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? But it, it's not even, yeah, it's not even in the movie. So people could have gotten up and left. And so I do think um, I'll give Diablo Cody credit for some of that, right? She had that in her, in her story. That was, that was part of what she was trying to do. But as it went from an idea to a product, it just got, you know, put through the patriarchy meat grinder and it comes out as this, you know, muddled mess. Yeah. I mean, that that's totally fair. Um, quickly, we mentioned Needy, played by Amanda yes. Seyfried. Yes. I mean, what did you think of her performance and yeah. her character? Because, I mean, for better or worse, it is an interesting character in a sense that, like, again, from where she kind of starts to where we end here. Sure. Um, yeah, I wrote, I wrote, dorked up Amanda. Um, <laughs> and then my next note is they don't even try to make Megan Fox look like she's in high school. Um, I, you know, I, I, I liked her. I think in general, um, for me, I don't mind if she's in something, but I don't go to the theater because of her Mm -hmm. necessarily. I also just very, very recently watched Mean Girls again. And she's just so good in that. I feel like. (laughs) So putting this in, okay, this was after that. And this is kind of a a jumping off point for her. I believed her. I thought, I thought she did a, a good job. I think naming her needy is. Again, what are you trying to subvert by doing that? By making an alpha girl and a beta girl and, and their conflict around who's prettier and, and, and what they're, and the way that they talk about their looks and what that means in the world. And I'm not saying those things aren't true or there's not a true, you know, part of that, but it just, it just all felt so gross and such a terrible, terrible relationship. Even if in the flashback to when they were children, they became friends. It was about who was pretty and who wasn't. Um, so I am interested in her story, but I'm interested in a different chapter of her story, I think. And then Chris Pratt showed up. Sorry, that was just thinking about it really. I was like, wait a second. What the hell is Chris Pratt doing here? That, yeah, that was super random. And uh, random. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of uh, a movie, actually, you uh, you guys, I think, yeah, you guys did, you guys did Zero Dark Thirty on Contenders, right? Yes. We did. Yeah, because yep. I, I, I remember listening to that. Um, where like Chris Pratt, like I know he has like a little bigger of a role, but it also feels yeah. like he just shows up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think this just was the era of Chris Pratt just showing up and things popping up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Needy's character, um, I think you hit some really good points there. Some stuff I definitely had in my notes as well in terms of, well, yes, they don't really make Megan Fox look like a high school student. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Amanda Seyfried's performance here. At the very least, she looked like a high school student. And from yeah. doing <laughs> these films, that yeah. it, that can be very rare sometimes. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so they were able Well, to- sometimes it's intentional, right? I'm thinking of Megan Fox in this. I'm also thinking of in, when they cast uh, the first Divergent movie. And they mm. purposefully pick a 28-year-old man to play who was someone who was 19 in the movie. Because that gives us all the permission to lust after that character without it being gross. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that is interesting. <laughs> so, you know, in this case, I think they clearly they knew what they wanted with Megan Fox. I just, I don't think it does. And I think some of the, you know, critique early on bears this out a little bit. It doesn't do Megan Fox any favors. Gotcha. In the long yeah. run. No, that makes sense. And then, yeah, I think just their friendship is terrible. Like, I, and and. I'm confused how to feel about that because, like, I know they're trying to tell us that as well. Right. Are we supposed to root for their friendship? Exactly. Exactly. I'm not sure. Uh, 
<laughs> Sometimes I, I know I'm supposed to root for needy in this film. Mm-hmm. I know that. Like, it's, it makes that very clear. But sometimes I'm also like, you know, you're not a good person either. Sometimes. Well, sure. I'm, you know, and, and I am here for uh, expanding our capacity to have unlikable women and things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like her. Um, also, uh, Amy Sedaris is oh, the yeah. mom. <laughs> when she popped up and I was like, hold on. Because <laughs> she's I was not happy to in see her. very many movies. No. Right? And I usu- mean, that's not. Usually when she is, she's like quirky as hell, you know? Right. <laughs> so it was interesting. And uh, so I thought, and I did, I, I, to speak completely plainly, I did walk out of the room twice whilst watching this movie. So if I did miss something, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be a bigger thing was like when Needy started to kind of figure out what was going on or or do that research and what have you, that it was people were going to accuse her of whatever kind of ailments her mother has. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps that's a whole other thing that was then dumped at one point. But I thought that was going to be so, we, you know, so that she would have on the one hand, Jennifer gaslighting her, but then she would also have no one believing her because of her uh, mother's yeah, I what mean, I perceived as mental illness. I didn't, I don't know, but just in the, the way that daytime and nighttime and terrors and all that, um, it just seemed like a, an easy thing to then say Needy's afflicted with also, which, you know, out, outside of the movie would seem more probable than satanic sacrifice gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Amy Sedaris' character ends up kind of just being and not a nothing character, but just you know, right. we don't really explore. Yeah, it. it just doesn't come back, and it doesn't it doesn't help us or hurt us. It doesn't matter so yeah. much; just doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, because and then also, I, I would tell me if this was odd or if this is what you've observed in others. Like, so it's mysterious when Jennifer first comes back and is all bloodied and eats. A chicken and then vomits on the floor and all that but then half an hour later she lays out the entire thing completely voluntarily okay yeah that was something i also had in my notes that i was a little confused about like i didn't know at the beginning if she when she became more demonish i guess mm-hmm. if she was like aware of it you know like right. in werewolf lore or whatever like they don't even know when they wake up, or some of them do. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so then, yeah, suddenly she's like, oh, I knew the whole time. And I was like, does that really jive with what we saw before? I mean, it's, uh, it, it, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think if we're trying to give it some more, you know, credit to make sense, it seemed like, as I understand the mythology laid out for us, that the demon, in the case of Jennifer, the demon is then inside her also unnecessarily sexual um and takes over at some time which that could be an allegory for our perception of male sexuality as well but again i'm not here to just turn it all into a textbook Um, (laughs) but so it could be that she is simply a passenger at that point Mm. but then she is when i say manipulative i don't mean it with judgment i'm just trying to describe it the way of of getting young men alone and cornering them and in order to attack, that seems to be Jennifer. So it's hard to, you know, versus the demon that is out of control and, and doesn't respond and, and all that. So, so I don't know, although in that scene where she's laying out everything that happened to her, she's proud of her demon powers, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, I can, I heal, I can do this, I'm beautiful, I'm whatever. So it seems like she embraces that relationship. And then, uh, again, it's funny that we're going to probably devote a lot of time here to talking about mm-hmm. this, like, post-credit thing or, like, the end here. Because it's but... the only good part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when uh, Needy, I guess, finally gets these powers, I mean, she mm-hmm. seems completely conscious of it. Right. And that's, see, so that is what is much more interesting to me. Although she's also um, a victim in that she was bitten by a demon, mm-hmm. which was her friend. Um, <laughs> It sounded like she didn't say the demons in me, too. She said, I get demon powers. So that kind of a revenge story, it's almost, um, it's not the same at all, but I, what it brings to mind a little bit is like a Jessica Jones kind of thing, where like you have the powers and then you kind of go out into the world vigilante style based on your experience and, yeah. and your values. And so, so that, that, the origin of Needy as, a revenge character, I think is great. It's just the last three minutes. So again, I push for a redo where it's it starts the same way. It starts with her in the mental institution, but they, you know, through therapy and group sessions and whatever, she recounts it as we all think is a hallucination. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's real. And then she goes and fucks up that terrible band because not only are they sadistic killers, their makeup and music is terrible. <laughs> oh, the man. makeup does not match the music, does not match the satanic behavior. And that also bothered me. Was that on purpose, though? Like, uh, Which uh, part? <laughs> also, there's no way they would that band would play that bar. None of it made any <laughs> sense. I appreciate Adam Brody wanted to stretch and um and do something out of character for him which was certainly was but it wasn't good <laughs> i enjoyed his performance because i mm-hmm. enjoyed seeing him die if that makes sense like i hate sure but I, we didn't know if he was for so long <laughs> i hated this band well no i mean in, in the end of the true. day like i hated they them also, they s- sacrificed a woman yeah you know what i mean like yeah. that is irredeemably grotesque now um it was supposed to be based on like pete wentz or joel madden i think uh, <laughs> don't do that to pete wentz you've been through <laughs> enough <laughs> which again also what? they aren't satanic that's their problem right and i'm not a music expert but like no i'm pretty the sure they're not boy satanic is not satanic <laughs> and like there's such a sub genre of like like rape slasher you know what i mean like there's there's a there are bands that sing about this stuff well it could have been one of those i took it as like they were trying to say like again i'm not saying i agree with this but like in the music industry like basically to make it you know you have to make a deal with the devil yeah make a deal with the devil like that old joke and, um, you know, even the ones you don't think are going to be like that are actually like that. I see. See, like that. I did and, not get that. And that part I, I, I kind of jived with. But I totally agree with you. Even that being said, <laughs> that kind mm-hmm. of band would not be playing in that bar with, to that crowd. You know? it's, yes, none of it made any <laughs> sense. Because why did they have to? They could have been a band that was just at the bar. I'm not going to keep trying to fix this movie. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm I, done. <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, that's something like when you try to overanalyze the horror. Right. It exactly. Does, it doesn't right. go well. Um, But, you know, like 
when I see the band in its totality, ugh, God, their song is, is escaping my mind right now, but I'm sure when I edit this and I look it up, I might even play it in the intro. But it's a it, very aggressive, very aggressive soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. like, like aggressively soundtracked movie, which I feel like a lot of high school movies are, aren't they? Yes, that one, 100%. And two, like so was Juno in a sense. True. And there's even a line in here that I thought alluded to Juno. Um when I oh. think it's I think it's Adam Brody when he's like, you know, oh, you know, you can't if you're if you're an indie band, you can't get famous unless you're on Letterman or on a on a movie soundtrack. We come here tonight to sacrifice the body of What is your name again, Tiffany? <laughs> My name is Jennifer. Super. We come here tonight to sacrifice the body of Jennifer from Devil's Kettle. Please, please. Please, please, don't do this. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Do you know how hard it is to make it as an indie band these days? There's so many of us. And we're all so cute. And it's like, if you don't get on Letterman or some retarded soundtrack, you're screwed. Okay? Satan is our only hope. We're in league with the beast now, and we have to make a really big impression on him. And to do that, we're going to have to butcher you and bleach you. And then Dirk here is going to wear your face. Relax, I'm kidding about the face. The rest is going to happen, though. But you know what? Maybe we'll write a song about you. I think as a fan, that'd be pretty cool, right? Deepest malice. We deliver this virgin unto thee. Dude, that is a hot murder weapon. Bowie knife. Bowie. Nice. All right, here we go. It's gonna be gnarly. No, please, please, no, please. Wait a God. second. I just thought of something. Jenny. Jenny, you're the girl for me. You, know, you don't know me, but you make me so happy. I tried to call you before, but I lost my nerve. I used my imagination, but I was disturbed. Jenny, I got your number. I need to make you mine. Jenny, don't change your number. I see. So I, yeah, I thought that was that a might be a little jokey joke. Sure. Because um, I know not everyone's favorite guy these days, but Jason Jason Reitman um, was one of the producers on this as well. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, that was Adam Brody, and you know, I, I don't know why I like seeing Adam Brody and things. I, 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 I do too, and I think there's a funny little sort of small world of Adam Brody was on an episode of New Girl and then Megan Fox was the fill-in oh, for yeah. um, Zoe during um, one of her family leaves. Um, so there was just it's sort of like, well, they've all been in the same loft at one point. <laughs> I mean, uh, anybody getting work, I'm all for, right? So in that sense, I'm glad to hear. I also, I really like, um, is it Johnny S- Simmons? Simons? I mean, J.K. Simmons is in it too, which I didn't know, which... <laughs> As a Montana human, like, we always will point out J.K. Simmons to anyone we're with. So, obligatory, J.K. Simmons is in the movie. <laughs> um, but then the the chip, the boyfriend, is it Johnny? Yeah. Johnny Simmons? Johnny Simmons, yeah. Yeah. 
I like him. I've seen him in other things. He does that, like, golly gee, good boy thing really well, I think. I, I believed he and Needy. You know, I didn't believe Needy mm-hmm. and Jennifer. I, but I believed I believe Needy and Chip. A lot of things to unpack there that you just said. Okay. Now, <laughs> in terms of the... No, because it's, it's coming to me now. <laughs> Okay. In terms of the needy Jennifer thing, quickly, yeah. that was something too that I noticed. Like a lot of f- these high school films will have these kind of friendships where it's like a nerdy girl and a popular girl, and you mm-hmm. say why. But usually they give more reason mm-hmm. to it. Uh, you know, and, and this happens in real life too. Two people grow up and they're somewhat similar, and then once adolescence hits, one of them is like the popular cheerleader and the other one. And then you kind of diverge, but you, you remain friends. But sure. I didn't get that here. And that was weird in terms of, like, they were living their own lives, but, like, still kind of checked in with each other. Like, that's a little bit more believable. Or other movies, you know, will, I don't know, justify it or use scenes where it's like, well, we did all this together. We did all that together. Sure. Um, we have this history. And then I didn't get too much of that here. No, I mean, we had a flashback to see how their cycle of communication and dependency started Mm -hmm. um but you're right there's nothing really in between and and again it might even be better if it was a situation where when this stuff happened or at the bar or you know for some reason they were drawn back together yeah in this scenario but to believe that they were friends that clearly understood one of them was better in every way than the other (laughs) and to be so how how could you in a in a high school scenario how could you have a situation where your best friend, in quotes, and your boyfriend clashed so significantly? Like, I don't think that's a, like, tenable thing for, in high school. Don't you think it, one would have won? Yeah, I mean, that, that's what, it just was weird like that. It's weird. Um, now there's, again, this is a trope. It really is where, like, you know, uh, as we were kind of saying, like, two people who maybe were close together drift apart and then a conflict brings them together Mm -hmm. but you know what there's some tropes i like and i actually like that trope in high school films and they had like an opportunity for that and it just that was missing so you reminded me of that and then oh with um chip which is johnny johnny simmons character for better or worse, do you think that they were trying to... Cause, so from reading some articles of Diablo Cody, it seemed like she really wanted to make him like kind of like a, a gender role reversal of what we usually see in these kind of films and make him just kind mm-hmm. of like the the dumb, significant other that has to I be saved. I the, the Yeah, I did not get that. <laughs> that did not... So again, I think... You know, maybe that intention was there. And as we talk more and more about it, I, I do wonder what, what did an original script look like, mm. right? Because um, especially with something like this that, that became a big studio thing, who knows what was out of either of their, you know, Karen or, or Diablo's hands by the time we get right to the middle of it. I see that in that Needy has, you know, literally has to save him. I see that now that you say that. But for me, Mm-hmm. Role reversal is simply no longer enough because that still reinforces a hierarchy and um and a and a waiting w e i g h t mm-hmm. um to to roles and to traits and to whatever and I understand this was two thousand nine but still so 
it's kind of like that's popular Beyonce song, probably from 2009. <laughs> the if I were if I were a boy song, that some people talked about as like a feminist anthem, and it's like yeah, but no, because she's leaning on essentialist ideas about like binary men and women to say what she could do, and so that's not to me that's just not transcendent. Role reversal is not enough. That's sorry. Long story short, even if they that's what they were doing, even if that was successful. That's not enough for me to say this is revolutionary. Hmm. Very interesting. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm getting smarter on this podcast. <laughs> no. This this is the cool slumber party. We're we're yeah. learning. <laughs> My gosh, a slumber party where you talk all night long. <laughs> oh, that's the best. <laughs> love it. I do love a good slumber party. <laughs> yeah. So the the Johnny character, you know, I, I think you're right about that. And one thing though that. If that was her intention, I was surprised that it was him who killed Jennifer one of the times, like towards the end, right? When he, like when he speared her. Because if you're trying to, if you're trying to, like, sh- you know, quote unquote, if, that role reversal the character, one exactly, correct. exactly. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. Then ha- why does that happen? So that was actually one of the things, like, where I was just super. I was like, oh, okay. And I thought maybe like it, she was just gonna laugh it off, and that would be the yeah, statement, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, that I thought, yeah, I thought this is going to be, this is not going to work. And that would also have been interesting. I I wonder if then their argument is, well, it takes Needy doing it. Because both the times the men tried to kill her, she mm, came back. Fair. But again, that's not enough for, <laughs> for this being something to look toward and say, this is a feminist representation of something. You know, there are pieces, and, and I feel like we're trying to give it, highlight those pieces, but there's so much garbage in the way. I just, I just have. Even in the way that they show Jennifer's body throughout the film, you know, yes, and um, the way it is displayed, if you will, is exactly how you would expect it to be. No, I mean, there was nothing, you know, different about about that. So yeah, I did write. This is terrible. At one point, in my life. <laughs> I think you're gonna upset a lot of people, but that's okay. Am I okay? I mean, a lot of people were like, "Oh, I'm so excited for you to do Jennifer's body." So. And, it know. wouldn't be the first time I could <laughs> suck the fun out of something. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's all really cool points, and it's all things I had questions about. Sure, and, and here's the other thing. I'm not speaking for anybody else other than me, and I certainly um, believe that we can all believe and enact and, and, and have feminist values that are, that are different and that focus on different things, with our larger goal being you know, equity and nonviolence and, and that kind of stuff. And so it's not, this is just my interpretation based on my experience in the world. So I've read today a couple of positive feminist critiques of this film. And there are parts of that. I'm like, oh yeah, I see that. I see that. And then other parts that I'm like, no, that doesn't do it for me. And that's completely okay. It doesn't have to be one or the other or that, um, you know, all the other, all the women who like this are wrong. That's not what I'm saying. If you love this movie, love this movie. That's fine. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were there any um, scenes in particular that we haven't really touched on that uh, stick out to you, or for better um, or worse? I mean, certainly the the one where they made out with each other stuck out to me. Hi. <laughs> hey, needy enough with the screaming. You're such a cliche. But we always share your bed when we have slumber parties. I'm not gonna bite you. (gasps) 
studies her. the F bomb. You, I saw you. I saw, I saw, I saw the clap, clap, clap. Slow down, dirty slip. You sound like a sped. I'm gonna call the police. Uh, okay. Why don't you narc me out? I have the cops in my back pocket, needy. I'm fucking a cadet, remember? What do you want from me? Just want to explain some things to you. Besides, best friends don't keep secrets. Because why? So I was, I read two conflicting things about that. Like it, when you watched it or you read Oh, just, just in my research, yeah. Okay. So, okay, cause I was, great. I was cu- curious about it as well. And mm-hmm. there was one article that said that in the original script, you know, they were supposed to have a love story together. Mm-hmm. Um, and this scene was supposed to be expanded. And then I read another article that said that this was one of the last scenes added that they weren't even supposed to kiss <laughs> at all. So I don't know who to believe is my point. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, may- and maybe it's, uh, you know, lost in the drafts there. What I didn't like about it, I think that was where some of the kind of blackmail-y threat, threatening uh, aspect of Jennifer came out again. And, you know, she had been manipulative and gaslighty and all that too needy throughout. But in that scene, after they, after they were making out, then it, that seemed like there was a threat of, I'm going to tell people, and a threat of, I, this is what you've always wanted, kind of, with some sort of closeted implication. But then it all went away. So whatever it was, I don't think it was done well. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that's fair. Because, again, I don't, you know, I don't even know which way they were going with that. Yeah. The only other thing I had in my notes that we haven't really talked about, um, and I think it's, it's worth bringing up how it operates here because it is a... Um, a horror trope is uh, virginity as the key to anything. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That's a good point. So they needed they needed a virgin to accomplish what they and I don't recall now what they thought they were going to do. They were going to get superpowers. They were going to get something. Well, I think um, I think they accomplished what they wanted because after that they became very famous. So like it was like the deal with the devil. But I think if you didn't use a virgin, mm-hmm. like bad stuff would happen and that bad stuff so they didn't care either way that makes it even worse for me because it is subversive to say that i i think that that because she owns her own sexuality you know by that time in her life and it's her body and it's her you know what have you that then she gets powers instead of them getting powers i thought it was an instead of i thought they were going to be like imbued with something that did not happen because of i thought it didn't work but I must have read that wrong. I mean, it's possible. No, you could be right, I mean, and I could have read it certainly wrong. Certainly, they were more famous, but I think that was more to do with the fire and the um, mm. that they were playing at this bar and people died. I thought it was more just about the um, overall press for it. The, I guess, I guess um, you're right. I guess that makes more sense. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, though. I'm not, you know, I don't know. So that, to me, again, was this thing of how can we... It's like they wanted to turn something on its head, but really they just turned it, like, five degrees you know what i mean like nothing was upside down here we were just kind of looking at it diagonal (laughs) (laughs) no yeah i mean i guess that makes sense um it's something that now like i'm even questioning like wait a minute did i 
was that am I right about this? Am I wrong? Like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sometimes you gotta watch and, these movies like three times. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go back and watch it two more times, that's on that's on you. That's, <laughs> that's how you live in your life. Um, but I wonder. I've heard it, and I don't have I don't have anything to back this up other than I've I have done research with um, uh, young people who are religiously abstinent. Religiously motivated abstinence. But then I've also kind of in hearing other people discuss pop culture and that, that this like virginity and loss of virginity was, was such a trope and sort of is not as much anymore. And questions of, you know, why is that? Is, are there, is it, um, you know, folks are exploring other aspects of sexual and gender identity earlier. So that's a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Is it, um, like the, proliferation of porn everywhere that changes sex and sexuality for people or kind of what what is it but it seems like in horror movies and in high school movies virginity is a really important topic (laughs) so this falls in line with both even though they were wrong and i've seen that before right what is that movie i referenced it on the contenders once where like the old man he needs somebody a virgin needs to read latin and the high school girl starts reading Latin and, and whatever is like the demon hole or whatever isn't closing. And so they're like, ah, I know why it's not because she's not a virgin. And so they have to get a little girl to do it. Hmm. Um, so like that's something. You can cut that out. <laughs> that's uh, a random aside. But um, <laughs> I think I've seen so like that that's, we've seen that of what happens when, when someone has been generous with their sexuality, how that influences or impacts, you know, the rest of the world. And so this just doesn't do enough to shift that for me. Yeah. And uh, no, I mean, that's fair. Just You either die or turn into a demon. <laughs> this is something, too, that at the beginning when I was doing this podcast, it kind of creeped me out. And sadly, mm-hmm. I've been a little desensitized to the mm-hmm. whole virgin thing in these films. Desensitized to <laughs> high school virginity. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it is a weird thing that yeah. so many of these films revolve around that. Mm-hmm. Or even if they don't revolve around it, just bring it up and yes. use it either as as an insult or as um, either a character strength or a character flaw. It's just such a very particular part of someone's business that we choose to focus on, which and, is and, a different podcast. <laughs> and I um and I've talked about this especially early on in this podcast. Like I guess that just wasn't part of my high school experience. Like people didn't really um put pressure. Interesting. On, on, on people like that. So it's always something that in movies I was like, oh, okay. I mean, hmm. you know, American Pie is an early film we covered on this podcast. And that, right, that whole movie course. is about that. That's what it is. <laughs> well, and then you have much more recently Blockers. Oh, yeah. Um, which I enjoyed. And I think some of the things that they do really do update kind of that, that story. And it's not so sort of male conquest focused, which would be one of my American Pie comments yeah actually yeah blockers i did enjoy that i can't wait to go for that (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah it's just it's amazing though to me like again how much positive press this film is getting if you just do a quick google search in the Mm -hmm. the, i guess because of the anniversary but in the last like couple weeks most of uh you know, most of the things are positive, like in terms why it took 10 years for Jennifer's body to get any respect. Sure. Jennifer's body deserves a needy sequel right now, which I might agree with. But Which that part does, <laughs> yeah. So in reading, and I didn't read all of any of this, but I, I googled Jennifer's body um, feminist just to see what kind of the conversation was. And, and some of it where the headline is something like that is more about the industry mm. and um, kind of what a flop does to a male director versus a female director. 
um, and who gets to make more movies and who gets to take more chances. And then um, kind of the Megan Fox and, and, and Amanda, for, the, for that matter, but what kind of early sexualized actresses that then are just appear in a lot of things, but looking more back at their performance to say, maybe they as humans in this deserve respect, whether or not the whole movie is something that we should look at as a good movie or not. And so I, I think some of those things are more particular or more about kind of one thing or another than the overall package. But um, but I haven't watched any of the panels or anything. I, I, now I'm, I'm interested. I would like to hear what some of the behind the camera people sort of have to say and look in looking back and and the process, because I, I it sounds like, you know, there were a lot of influences and folks that had money attached that had some things to say and maybe changed their vision. Yeah, I mean, no, as I skim through right now, as you're speaking, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, a lot of it is about that. Uh, ooh, there's even an article about the band, so maybe, <laughs> maybe you'd be interested in that. It's yeah. on Billboard. The story of Low Shoulder from Jennifer's Body, the funniest and most disturbing fictional indie yeah. rock band ever. Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to give that one a look here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably read that after we finish. That does sound interesting. <laughs> um, it, it is cool, though, to just be talking about a movie, though, that's like, um, you know, just at least for better or worse, there's dialogue around it now. Yes, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else in the film in particular. Obviously, there's a lot of scenes. I mean, random stuff. Did you enjoy the effects, at least? I mean... No, because I'm not a gore person. Um, and then I had trouble, just the, my sort of last note is that um, Colin Gray, um, Gallagher is his last name. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes. The, you know, gothy, gothy the weirdo kid. Emo kid um, is he, referred to him, The too. emo kid. He's, um, he's a very important figure in Veronica Mars. Oh, really? And so, oh, yes. And so that took me very much out of his particular, you know, part of the story. But so just it, this movie was full of surprise not cameos but like surprise day players if you will for me because <laughs> with the Pratts and the Sedaris and the Simmons and Simmons and Simmons and <laughs> and Gallagher it's just a lot um wait what was the movie now I don't know why I'm free oh Whiplash where uh J.K. Simmons won the Oscar yes, for the one they Oscar for now mm-hmm. in the short film version of that johnny simmons is actually miles teller's role oh really and i just remembered that <gasps> that's funny i'll have to watch that that's yeah that's interesting huh. <laughs> um maybe you know i don't think they shared a scene did they they might have shared a scene because he was the principal I, i'm not sure but wait, wait okay did i miss something too i wrote this down did he always have that uh hook? i I okay at that point in the movie I was no longer writing a lot down. <laughs> I was like, I wondered that as well. So I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who wondered. Um, yeah, I was like, did I miss something? I mean, we both might have. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I yeah, found that I... while talking about these horror films, like with people who really, really love them and really, really love mm-hmm. horror films, I'll have these questions like that, and I'll be talking to someone who's seen the film ten times, and they'll be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, what we can, um, you know, uh, turn away from if we want to. <laughs> okay, so this film on Rotten Tomatoes got 44% by the critics, 34% by the audience. Now, a lot of that supposedly mm-hmm. is changing now today. Um, but on High School Slumber Party, we rate our films by, 
giving a letter grade because that's what oh high my. schools do. So what letter grade will you be giving Jennifer's body today? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to give it a D. A D. Wow. Yeah, it's not a passing grade. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it, you know, I'm going to give it a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I did enjoy some moments of it. It, it was not my thing, but I, I gave it a solid C. Okay, that's good. So I, I, that's passing. Yes. A <laughs> um, couple other things we do on High School Slumber Party. We pick a themed sleeping bag every week, so... Okay. If you have to, if you have to, and I know this wasn't the best experience <laughs> for you, but if you have to pick a Jennifer's body themed sleeping bag to bring to the slumber party, what would it look uh-huh. like? Okay. Um, I got two options. One is it would be a a crop top sleeping bag. Oh. <laughs> because nothing ever covered covered her entirely, so that would be one option. But then the first one that came to mind would be um a red sleeping bag that when you opened it, black vomitous goo spilled out of it. Ooh, I like both of those. <laughs> that That's cool, you know. <laughs> what What does your Jennifer's body sleeping bag look like? Oh, that's tough. I was thinking of doing something with the band, but... Oh, yeah, a low-shoulder sleeping bag. Yeah, like something that you would, like... Like, you know how the Spice Girls used to have, like, marketed stuff or, like, bands like that? Oh, like, yeah. Some, <laughs> something marketed low-shoulder in that kind of way. I just pictured like a cartoon version of like Adam Brody or something like (laughs) that's what I was thinking about now uh, the next thing is uh, we call rent two movies get one free so if you and I are having this slumber party and we decided Mm -hmm. to rent Jennifer's body what two other movies would you have Picked out at Blockbuster today. I mean, again, and it could be anyone's. It doesn't have to be Whoa. things that this reminded you of. That's a great question. Um, because I'm not a fan of scary movies, I would probably bookend it with two other ones that were not scary. Makes you know, sense. So that, Makes sense. So that when we go to sleep, it's out of my brain. <laughs> so I would start with something fun and silly. Well, I mean, we could stick with some virginity. We could start with blockers. Nice. Because we All just right. mentioned it, so it's in my mind. <laughs> and then um, and then do Jennifer's Body, and then end with my favorite film based on my favorite book, which is also high school, and I find both tragic and comforting, which is what I would need after this movie, um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, cool. That's a fun night. I mean, not, you know... In a way. <laughs> it's heavy. It's a it's, heavy it's night. It's a heavy night, yes. It has a little bit of everything. And I like how you specified the order. I'm going to make my Oh, that's very important. Do that more often because okay. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it till now, but order is very important. What um, What would you rent? You already rented them for me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, gotcha. You don't need to. Okay. I usually, I usually don't pick, but then when someone asks me, I'm like, you know what? I feel mm-hmm. like picking. What would I rent? Let's see. Probably Juno, just to, because mm, I, I, sure. I, I need to see it. <laughs> then finish with Tully and just make it a <laughs> sure. Diablo Cody night. <laughs> maybe maybe do a full Diablo Cody night, or maybe, <laughs> maybe a J.K. Simmons night. Oh, even better. <laughs> Who knows, but, uh, you know, either way, it would be a fun night. I'm not sure if I would do horror, horror, horror on this. Um, gotcha. I, okay, one thing, too, that I was interested in I guess realizing this time 
I had not realized that she was a a demon in Jennifer's body, or like some or some people list it as a succubus. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, because I don't know why. I guess I should have known that. I thought she was like either like a vampire or a zombie. So I was glad that that was clarified in this watch. Mm. This is, I think, my first, not my first ever, but my first demon movie on high school slumber oh, party so fun. far. I, we'll, we'll cover some more, but that was an interesting <laughs> tidbit, too, that's for sure. Let me see if there was anything else, or then I'll be, so I'm not kicking myself. Oh, we get a dance in this film. Um, I, I like films that oh. end in dances. 25% of them, <laughs> I feel like high school films, <laughs> have some sort of dance. Have a dance. Any any moments of the dance that stuck out at you? I know she had an interesting. Oh, dress. I did not understand her dress or her hair. Yeah. Because the rest of the film was not dated in that way, and I didn't understand the dance to be. I didn't know if it was something like, well, that's what her mom would do. And again, we don't know enough more about the mom to to understand. Um, it had that weird smoky but not smoky thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the that I don't remember dances being. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly are in movies, though. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I thought it was an, I guess, interesting twist I, um, that Low Shoulder was playing the dance. Yeah. Because <laughs> then that made me think, are they coming back for something? But then that wasn't really realized. <laughs> yeah. Like, have they, have, they, have they discovered that she's still alive and they're coming back? Like, I, I don't know. Well. So, um. In the end, they die, so I'm happy. (laughs) In the end, they die. Um, Yeah, no, the thing about the dress, I I felt a little bit, um, I don't know, maybe one of our slumberers will point it out for me, but I felt a little (sighs) inadequate because I Mm. thought that, hey, this is probably a reference to a high school movie, and I can't think of it. Because you're right, the dress was so different from everything else that I thought it might be a reference, but Hmm. I I can't put my finger on it at all. Interesting. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll be curious to see if somebody and tells one, us. One of the lines I wrote down before that, uh, when um, Chip is, like, confirming that they're going to go to the dance together, yes, mm-hmm. they're like, did you make a reservation at the Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> <laughs> and I did laugh at that, and I thought I love it. that was probably something I would have done in high school as well. That um, sounds great. <laughs> other than that, you know, no real other... I, I, Nothing else I have to really say about Jennifer's body. And anything, mm-hmm. anything else on your end? No, I think I've, I've exhausted it. Okay, so anything you want to uh, plug or promote? Sure. Um, like we said at the beginning, uh, The Contenders is also on the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can find um, that on their website, cageclub.me. Uh, we have a catalog of, I think, 40-ish episodes, um, and we're doing uh, once a month. At the moment, um, our last episode was Pitch Perfect 2. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the um, Amazon film Late Night. Oh, cool. Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. Yeah. That should be fun. So- and there's been a lot of films that both of our shows have done. Um, yeah. Like Dumplin' and mm-hmm. off the top of my head, that's the one I think uh, about. She's the Man. I haven't done that yet, but like... No, eight... that was, was... Did Whistle think? Yeah, I think... Yeah, she's the Man, right. when I do it, I think it'll be the... I'll be the fourth person I on love the Cage Podcast Network who's done it. <laughs> that's coming up, so, yeah, so, so don't worry about that. If you're on a road trip, look through, 
see where we double and triple up and then just listen to all the different takes on it. Yeah, and there'll be some for sure. Like Lady Bird's another one that I know we're obviously yeah. going to do on this podcast. Oh, we both did Whip It. That was the other one I was thinking yes. of. So, you know, a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love what's going on with Contenders. And thank you so much for stopping by High School Slumber Party. Thank you so much for inviting me to the Slumber Party. We'd love to have you on again sometime soon. What a pleasure having Aislinn on. And that was a really, really fun episode. Again, I don't expect all of you to agree with that take. I know a lot of you out there are Jennifer's Bodies fans. And I want to hear from you. If you disagree, fine. Let's have an intelligent debate. And honestly, I'm not up against doing a movie again. So if we have an episode that's maybe a different take on Jennifer's Body, I'm all for it. I want to hear everyone's opinions. And hey, did you hear her? She really likes high school movies. That means she's got really good taste, first of all. And it also means I'm going to bother her a bunch more times to get her back on this podcast. So next week is our final installment, at least for now, of our Women in Horror series. The film is called Tragedy Girls. Sometimes I just feel like nothing I do matters. Like I'm not special. We only got one retweet today from your mom. Sad. We were just wondering if maybe you could give our blog a shout out. A shout out from me would be a little off brand. I have 15,000 followers. You know what that means? A community like this? More to the left. His heart's more to the left. You're just hitting the phone, dude. I'm trying. Mr. High is trending. I really hope nothing bad happened to him. It's like, poof. He vanished, right? Anybody could be next. Even you. You can find more information on our Tragedy Girls Twitter page. Your brains, my charisma. You can do anything. Are you afraid that the killer will target you because of your infamous blog? We will not take any more shit from this serial killer. I'm so scared right now. You <laughs> look amazing. Jeez. Michaela? Shit. Damn it, okay. I'm sorry. Stay in character. Phone's off, but it's a matter of life and death. Crazy. <laughs> we used to be the same, you and me. Do you remember our first time? I just want to know what's next for the tragedy girls. Day. I don't know if that's not how that works, right? And our guests next week, two of my favorites. Well, we have Joey Lewandowski, the godfather himself. He's the one who picked the movie. So if you don't like it, you can blame him. And if you love it, you can thank him. You can find him at social media, soul popped like everywhere. And also Cage Club and all the other things. Trust me, he's findable. But watch the movie first before you make your opinion. And our other guests, it's of course, we haven't had her on for a while, Jordan Pullen-Clark. 
and we had her on for eighth grade and she was part of the whole wistful thinking crossover as well for Greece and I can't wait to get those two together to you know talk about this film it's a film I haven't seen so really really excited and that's your homework guys of course I'm not gonna really really check this one but if you can get John Cusack to unblock us on Twitter that would be really nice <laughs> social media I told you already like follow subscribe share listen to all the other great podcasts on the cage club podcast network did I say podcast like a fish huh that's going in my good ideas book podcast hmm. anyway <laughs> I leave you with let's see oh how about the song from Hole called Jennifer's Body that inspired the title to this film? Later, dudes!